Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Alchemist, a podcast for creatives by a full-time creative. I am your host, Sulinette. You may call me Sulinette. If you are already a monthly supporter, thank you so much. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter and help me keep doing what I do, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash The Creative Alchemist. Thanks again. Oh, hey, hi. So real quick, two things. Uh, one, I wanted to give a shout out to a new patron who is at the sublime spell tier. Hey, Raymond, thanks for your support. If you want to become a patron on Patreon, also known as squad and get exclusive access to art, thinky thoughts, email templates to help artists, tips and things I've learned along the way and just general nonsense. You can support me at patreon.com forward slash Sulinet. Number two. I'm having a book launch next week on Thursday, July 14th. I know, I know. It's exciting. It's my second book of poetry. It's entitled Seeing in the Dark. The event is taking place at the Hartford Public Library located at 500 Main Street in the Center for Contemporary Culture at 6 p.m. I'll be selling books, obviously, showing some art. Uh, I'll be interviewed by my immaculate pals, Patrick Rico Williams and Journey LaFond, and chatting with you all. Also, I don't care what your local government says. Everybody is required to have a mask because community care first in anything. Hope to see you there. Okay, let's jump in. This episode is brought to you by... I feel like I did a good job at that. This episode is brought to you in part by the fact that I have an annual storytelling show called A Little Bit of Death. So let's time travel. Back in 2015... I read a book entitled Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. I would highly recommend it if you've not read it. Uh, In the book, there's a lot of uh, using myth and stories and um, uh, oral tradition. I mean, it was written, but she got the stories (laughs) uh, from other folks around the world, from different cultures um, about about all sorts of things having to do with like the spiritual development of women. Um, But I would say that the book could apply to like just about anybody. So anyways, one of the ideas, one of the concepts that Clarissa wrote about in this book, Women Who Run With The Wolves, was about death. And in it, she wrote about death as a person, uh, about death as a woman. And that was new for me. But not only that, she talked about how death was a process. How about death could be something that we could invite in, that we could participate in, in our own lives, meaning we could bring death to the things that no longer serve us. Um, So whether they are uh, habits that we want to change, uh, divorce, um, leaving relationships, uh, um, uh, changing our own identities because we can, because we want to, Whatever the case may be, this was about, and also literal death, inviting death in as a process was something that that we could do in order to transform our own lives. And man, when I read that, it was was quite literally life-changing for me. So I had this, I had this zany idea and an even crazier title for something that I wanted to do, something that I didn't see around me, a little bit of death. I didn't know it at the time, but I was building the foundation for what would become an annual community gathering, a curated, intimate experience for people from the community to step into a storyteller role and share their grief, turmoil, healing, joy, hopes, and transformations. 
at first it was a space for me. So at first it was um, something I wanted to do in order to talk about my own suicidal ideation. Uh, for folks that don't know what suicidal ideation is, it is uh, persistent uh, thoughts about like harming yourself or ending your life. Um, and it was something I had never spoken about publicly, let alone that I shared poetry about. At this point in 2015, I'd been performing spoken word for maybe five years. And my poetry that I performed publicly was for the most part about uh, politics and fuck the man and fuck these systems. And I was very comfortable with sharing that. It was vulnerable in a way, but it wasn't personally vulnerable for me as an individual. And a little bit of death was an opportunity. It was opening the door for me to share these things about myself that I'd never shared before. And also what a name, a little bit of death. It was a night uh it was a night where i was like is this is this where i'm gonna bring together art and poetry and community is is this me like am i really gonna be talking about like suicidal ideation for the first time publicly it was it was a hodgepodge of different ideas that i wanted to see come to life <laughs> see what i did there come to life a little bit of that <laughs> I'll see myself out. It was also me pushing against the idea that I had to choose one gift of mine over the other. In 2015, I didn't know it at the time, but I, less than a year later, I was gonna quit my job. I had also left a relationship that just had gone stagnant at that point. And so um, I was pushing against this idea of like me needing to be this version of myself that I thought I was. It was a wild idea, at least to me. And I followed through. And it was so, it was so impactful. It was so powerful to share this space, to be vulnerable, to curate a space where other people could be vulnerable too. Also, it was fun. The feedback I got from my pals who were part of it to the audience, it was outstanding. Like it moved me and it moved them. Uh, there was this one uh, young man at the time who told me that he had also dealt with suicidal ideation and he didn't know how to put what he had experienced into words and that me sharing my story like really helped him and made him feel less alone and that stayed with me and I wanted more of it and I wanted to do this again and I have. I've done it every year since then including like pushing myself to do it a little differently every time because I learn along the way. I challenge myself to try it in a theater space. I challenge myself to apply for funding and to be the kind of coordinator, director, curator that pays the artist because that's what I expect when asked to do, well, almost anything. <laughs> in following through with this idea, I was also positioning myself to incorporate my values into the work that I was doing. Meaning, uh, I value paying people, making it about community, working with friends, making it about healing, using art, poetry, food, everything, uh, putting people on the stage that represent the city of Hartford. I mean, full transparency, the first time we did it was in New Britain, um, but I invited my peoples and we were all from Hartford. So <laughs> it's grown since 2015. A little bit of death went from being in a community center to being in theaters, from being out of pocket, like me paying for everything to getting it fully funded from my friends, 
volunteering their time to me being able to compensate them for their work, for their talent, for their gifts, from people questioning what the fuck is a little bit of death and why would you call it that, to folks letting me know that they're looking forward to the next one, people asking me to be part of it, to knowing the name and what it's all about, to people legit putting that they were a part of a little bit of death on their resume. That's wild to me. I've gone from like doing almost everything myself to bringing in a whole team to help, to like help me make this vision happen. But imagine if I hadn't followed through with the wild idea. Imagine if I said that the name was too weird, that the concept's too dark, that the art is too creepy, that people won't be a part of this, that people shy away and wanna stay away from the idea and concept of death especially since 2020. And these are all things that I did think. But imagine if I believed those things and allowed them to block me from creating this, even though I knew that a little bit of death was meant to be a community healing experience with also sprinkles of laughter and fun because it's not all doom and gloom. This is why I encourage you to follow through on the ideas that you have. Like, someone needs what you're offering. It's good for you. It's good for you to offer these things. And also, it's good for you to get creative. Meaning, like, participating in the process, even before the quote-unquote end result, it's good for you. The process is good for you. And to see it grow, you have to plant it first. Being conditioned in a perfectionist society means we tend to avoid the things that we're not already amazing at. And there's no fun in that. There's no growth in that. Imagine if we discouraged babies from walking because they didn't come out of the womb knowing how. <laughs> I know it's an extreme example, but that's what, listen, that's what I sound like to myself and what y'all sound like to me when we say we won't try something because we're not already good at it. Like, go fuck it up gloriously and then do it again you hear that fire truck in the background anyway see even this episode go fuck it up gloriously and then do it again <laughs> i'm sure you have a wild idea like something that you've wanted to do to create to share to try and it might not even be wild thinking about a little bit of death now is very normal for me like, oh, okay, this is like something I expect of myself and that others expect of me because I've done it before and I've, I've learned, I'm pretty comfortable with doing it, with the process. But at one point, it was super scary for me. It was something that could have easily not happened. So maybe you have a wild idea or something that feels big to you, but if it does, I would encourage you even more to give it a shot because... Uh, the way that it intimidates you could mean that there's a huge payout for you on the other side of it. And that payout can be financial, but it could also be like spiritual, creative, so many things. Here's your alchemy assignment. List the things you really, 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 really actually want to try. The thing that won't leave you alone or... Uh, that latest idea that made your gut, your instincts do a little happy flip. Share that idea with your closest, most trusted pals. Get feedback on how to make it happen. Growth does not happen in a vacuum, so bring in your squad to hype you up, help you build out your ideas, or to hold you accountable for what you're going to do. Take a step. Are you hosting an event? Decide where. Are you going to learn a new drawing skill? 
Choose a tutorial you want to follow along with. You're going to start a seven-day yoga challenge like my friend Derek Santiago. Plan out what's happening that week and start a group chat with participants like he did so there's an accountable community. And lastly, celebrate everything along the way. Those small steps are vital. There's, there's a fortune from a fortune cookie taped on my easel. If you don't know what an easel is, it's what holds the, the painting while you paint. The fortune says, little acorns lead to mighty oaks. Gather up your acorns, friends. And now, time for the outro. Alrighty, mi gente. This has been another episode of The Creative Alchemist. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sulinet. You can check out the rest of my life at sulinet.com. That's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E punto com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and support it with a monthly subscription by clicking on this episode's description or by visiting anchor.fm slash thecreativealchemist. Thank you to our current supporters. Until next time, stay hydrated, stay creative. Peace.